Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. Hello, simpletons. It's Travis here, your host for this week's episode. Conrad is already thrilled with my intro. Welcome, Conrad. Good afternoon, Travis. Thank you. We've got a full house today, lads. I, um, my topic is going to be uh, the journey and responsibility of fatherhood. I'm uh, super pumped to get into it. Fatherhood and, um, or the topic? The, both. <laughs> both, actually. Uh, nearly, you know, well, caught him, nearly caught him out in that one. Well, one, fatherhood and two... Oh, you know, shit's getting me. Talking about... Wait... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, I've gone back to my old faithful for this episode. Uh, Ron's a cap of rum, uh, definitely. Is that how you my, say it? I don't think he's Some that. people say it's a it's carpa. Where's yeah. the bottle? Um, it's down oh, here somewhere. I a drink, didn't I? Ron. Okay. Um, I get a bit of a Ron most nights. It's a nice rum. Uh, Guatemala, I think. One of the best I've drunk. It's quite beautiful. So Yuck. we're just having it uh, on with one piece of ice. Uh, cheers, anyway. Cheers. Good Salute. to see you all again. I've got the tumbler. A tumbler. Goes down a tree. Yeah, straight to That is real good. to sleep now. <laughs> anyway, fatherhood. Uh, many of you probably don't know that uh, my wife is heavily pregnant, or you guys sitting in the room do. But uh, the, any simple, simple minds fans? Um, I've been listening to the last few episodes, mate. They should know. They might have had a sneak peek in, into it, uh, but uh, Ashby's uh, 38 weeks pregnant of time of recording. So by the time this comes out, I will pop. Yeah, we'll be a father, which is pretty exciting. Um, but uh, many think pregnancy is only a woman's journey, and I really wanted to have a discussion today uh, that it is actually a man's journey and, and how to navigate that because uh, there's a lot of emotional. Um, things that pop up you know on both sides and especially on the men's male side um so i just really wanted to go through for the first little bit and just discuss uh the learnings and and a few things that i went through um yeah and we'll and then we'll open it up with a with a question um like i said as she's nine months pregnant uh it was it was planned it wasn't a mistake uh with both well let, let's remove the word mistake yeah, accident thank you sorry unplanned unplanned um never a mistake is it um so it was planned with both very maternal paternal uh we love kids uh have always wanted kids that's been a big part of our life from from word go um even when we first started dating it was a conversation that we had very early um, on the first day? Not first day, but yeah. Um, yeah, within the first couple of months. Did we, you we definitely practice straight away? Uh, what's that? Did you ask for if you could practice straight away? <laughs> well, you know, that, that goes without saying. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's definitely a conversation that we had early. To the room by itself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, that's all right. Anyway, um, so... <sighs> Like we'd been trying for a little while, sort of, we'd heard that a lot of people, uh, you know, can take up to two or three years to fall pregnant. Uh, we were um, grateful enough to, you know, within sort of six months, um, which is a really cool thing. Uh, we, we tried to eliminate the stress of it all 
and the worry of you know not falling pregnant or you know or any of that sort of connotations that go with it so we tried to just kind of let it let it happen and let it be and and it did happen which is quite beautiful uh but that day i remember it was a friday morning i hopped out of the shower and ashby goes oh can you have a look at this um you know test and from that moment uh, everything changes um it shrunk didn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah emotionally anyway so the journey that i've kind of been on in the last nine months is is a, certainly an interesting one it's uh something i've never experienced in my life um but it's something that I, i've really enjoyed as well even though you know some of the moments you kind of beating yourself over the head you're going holy crap what am i doing um but it, it's it's still a beautiful thing so a, a couple of points that i i really struggled with um one was the negativity uh because the amount of people that uh, you speak to or you you say that you're your your wife and you, you say that you're pregnant and the first thing that they say to you um <coughs> is their negative story about birth uh, or their, you know, this the typical sleep connotation of oh, you know, get ready for no sleep, and um, but the one that kind of affected us the most was the birthing because we we really want to see it as the whole journey. It's not just the the birth as being, you know, the destination. Very cliche, I know, um, but yeah, it, everyone you see, well, not everyone, but a lot of people that we speak to uh, really had a negative outlook on the birth, and it took a lot for Ashby and I to flip that and look at look at it as a positive thing and as a beautiful thing um and that took a lot of communication between the two of us to do that i don't know if you guys have had the same sort of um stories when you went through so to give uh the listening group um some background there's uh four of us currently here so matt you've got two children under five uh well, seven and four seven and four sorry and uh, one on the way one on the way jacob you have yeah henry's 18 months and then another one two in three months there you go conrad you've got one that you know of oh my god <laughs> yes i have one daughter who's 19 turning no 18 turning 19 yeah yeah michael yeah we've got two kids or one adult and one semi kid. Yeah. Emma is eighteen, turning nineteen, and Sammy has just turned sweet sixteen. Baby goat. Wow. And I'm childless. And childless. <laughs> still practicing. Still practicing. Still, 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 still that boy. Child in the sense that she's tiny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wrong on so many levels. Yeah. <laughs> sick no, stature wise, t- she's tiny. Uh, stop. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Anyway. Um, <laughs> The second point that I sort of we really uh, struggled with early on was um, once we found out we were pregnant, that was the what the fuck moments I call them, and it's you're looking at your partner and you're going, well, what the fuck have we just done? Um, <laughs> Do you need me to explain to you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's what happened. Yeah. Happened yeah. with the stork one day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like even even for people like uh, Ashby and I that we so wanted children, that doubt still crept into uh, the initial three to five months or four months. So what sort of doubt? What was in your head? Like what was the doubt? Just like what what is life going to be like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because it's such a change. Like it's it's. Uh, yeah it's just holy crap have we made the right decision you know because obviously you, you can't take it back now you know like it's it's um have we made the right decision like is this really what we want you know we've been so sure of that you know obviously those doubts so second guessing questioning what's yeah. going on yeah yeah so extra glass of shardy 
<laughs> well, the, the thing that kind of made it rough for us is, I know it's probably bad to say, but we looked at each other and go, you know what? There's so many people out there that shouldn't have children and don't want to have children and they end up fine. Like we want to have children. We want to create a beautiful family and a beautiful environment to bring up children. I think we're going to just be fine. So that's like that's one tool that we we used um, very on very early on. Not so much now. We've we've kind of passed that stage uh, to get through those uh, self doubt issues that we had. Forget the fact that you can just look to your parents that they raised two good kids. You didn't. You went straight to the to the dog <laughs> society. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> well, it, it is though, but that, that's something that we sort of looked at. So yeah, a lot of people don't want to have kids, and they sort yeah. of work out fine. So yeah, I, mean, I don't remember wrong. there being negative talk. I suppose. Really? Life yeah, not really. I don't. I don't remember people coming up saying, "Oh, you know, the birth, this, that," you know. Although looking back now, it's it's a long and painful and amazing and lovely and like emotional roller coaster just having kids like not just the birth but oh yeah yeah the birth's right actually the, the start line the, not the destination part, yeah because you probably if you really knew how much of a change it makes you maybe never would have kids really. But I would never go back. Like it's one of these, one of these yeah. weird sort of. Yeah, I just saw you go through that physical, mental, all the one thing right then. Well, you but don't know, can't hurt you, really, does it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. But yeah, I don't remember negative stuff. I mean, we weren't married at the time when, and we sort of we we just did you plan it? Yeah, sort of. It was like, let's just see see what happens. Yeah. Not even let's have a kid. It was just like. <laughs> My, sis my sister, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, and it happened like within a month. Like oh, it was wow. like suddenly, and my sister had, had a baby like I think that year. Was that frowned upon in the forties? <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of a change. <laughs> Late nineties, yeah. but so I mean, um, Joanne was eight months pregnant. We we thought. Towards the end, Emma's going to be born in a couple of months. We may as well get married. So we got married down at Trig. Um, and so Joanna's got the big bump at the time. But yeah, the negative part, I, I don't know. Maybe it's something you block out. I don't know. Yeah. Um, as, oh yeah, yeah. As, as a male, um, the one thing that I probably struggled with early on was the attention. Not the attention in as the word attention but everything goes to the baby and then even you know so it goes to the baby primary and then it goes to ashby and then sort of to the husband um and from the moment that you tell people because we didn't tell people for a, a fair while we tried to hold off uh because we sort of wanted to be ashby and travis for as long as we could rather than sort of the impending parents that's cute that's interesting. um yeah. because you'll understand why when we get into the fear but uh we that's the one thing i struggled with for a while and then that real selflessness started to kick in and that sort of um you know i really needed to be as selfless as possible and give everything to ashby and the child and that meant that you know, people were going to come around and talk and they're going to talk to Ashby about the child and me about the child and about Ashby and it's not on me. So early on, definitely, it was something that I had to grasp with and uh, the way I kind of figured that out was a fair bit of self-reflection um, and then just being grateful for the situation and then that sort of kind of subsided and, and went away. So did anyone have any... I very much felt that as well, especially when Ainsley was um, pregnant the first time is that... It was something that we were we discussed that we were um, deliberately trying to do, and there's almost three timelines. There's the 
wanting to have a baby to getting pregnant and that was all about like for me I, I learned about cycles and timing and it was like this is a little project for me and then we got pregnant and I was like cool done but then it almost for the pregnancy my and physically and mentally my role was kind of done and it was no longer at all about me it was very much about like Ainsley being pregnant and in, like in your mind in, or in both in- my perception of the situation yeah. like in my mind I was still very much a part of it and I think that's potentially something that Travis is feeling as well but no one ever asked me how I was feeling. No one ever asked, like, how are you feeling about the pregnancy? How is Ainsley feeling? How's, how's she progressing? How's she feeling about the birth? So it's kind of never, a, you were almost a shadow a little bit. And so that second timeline was all about Ainsley and the pregnancy. And funnily enough, when you're expecting, that's the end of the tunnel. The birth is this big thing that you kind of, I was, what, what's going to happen? Ainsley, of course, was potentially more fearful because she was had the one who had to go through it. But I found it especially tough as the father being, it's something that was physically happening to her that I couldn't control, that I couldn't do for her, that nothing I could do could take that pain away. And therefore I was very much out of, and I'm I'm a person who through sport, through business, through everything I try and do, it's something that I, I can generally, if I do this, I can have some sort of control over the situation. Whereas birth is something that I feared a little bit because I was there was doctors nurses Ainsley I was just there to hold her hand and support her and of course there's things you can do to calm them and help them breathe and you very much play a role but you're a very small part of that so for me that was one aspect of it's just being used to being someone who's in control and being a leader and therefore but then being in the sidelines and being in the shadow but then as soon as Henry was born and especially now 18 months later my fears now that Ainsley's pregnant again are fairly minimal I know that the birth is just granted it's a huge thing for her but for me it's a tiny part of it it's 24 hours over a 18 plus year lifespan so they're pregnant for nine months the birth is a very very small part of that and then granted that'll potentially be controversial with some women that listen um, and but the life of the child and raising them and getting up and all the going to school and their graduation that's the that's that's the part of it and that's where you as a dad can have a massive impact so whilst i had fears especially during Ainsley's first pregnancy that i wasn't i didn't have the potential to be involved as soon as henry was born i then kind of went cool now is my chance to shine sort of thing and it's that during the first six months while the child is extremely dependent on the mother for feeding and nurturing you do feel very left out but now that he's 18 months old and he's eating regular foods we're almost we have the 50 50 potential to raise him and now i feel a bigger part of it again yeah scariest part for me was the thing that i still to this day is imprinted in my emotions is the leaving the hospital after four days (laughs) yeah you've got the child right and you've been You've had these people around you the whole time and, you know, I go home at night for a couple hours of sleep, come back and the nurses are there looking after Joanne and the baby. And then suddenly it's like you're signing out and they're and, just and how do they're I put- even waving at the door like it's see it and you're putting the kid they in, the car, seat yeah. in the car yeah. and that is when your mind just goes, <clears throat> fuck, I'm driving back and you're just looking back on what the hell are we doing here? That is the scariest thing. I don't even check and if it's surreal, your baby. Not even scary, just the most surreal feeling in the world. Yeah. And that's yeah. the bit that I really remember for him. and then you just kick in you just get into 
the habits and it's hard and it's amazing and just you then just go through the roller coaster of, of growing up like with, the, with yeah. the kids so another another thing that i grappled with early i don't know if anyone else can relate to this is just the responsibility piece of um you know we spoke about in the previous episodes how the male was sort of that been the breadwinner for a long time and that's obviously changing but it's still um biologically in printed into us um that was very early you know one of my my um troubles of you know how am i going to provide how are we going to provide um and that that was dealt through communication with ashby in managing both the expectations of the situation um and we communicated on that a lot um and you know we we live very simple lives anyway and it's not and we, we spoke about um you know what we wanted in the next five years you know how we wanted to bring up our kids uh you know to relieve some of that i guess pressure that i put on myself um to you know give my my kids a better life than uh no i'm not saying i had a bad life but uh, i want to give them the most you know i want to give them um the best that's a trap anyway yeah because we we had this conversation with um my business partner shane about you know the house you grew up in versus the house you own and you know you you always want to do better but is that is that in some way shape or form um allowing you to discount exactly where you came from and was that that bad you know we've got people that grew up in you know and i grew up in sharing a bedroom for most of my life uh with my mum and dad we grew up in a three by one then three by two type house and we had three three children um so i shared a bedroom with my sister or with my brother um most of my life uh, up until i left home and then you start seeing people that turn up in your office with four by twos four by threes five by threes um houses we're talking about but they've got no children or one child um and you know why because they want this bigger and better thing for their family or is that just an excuse to have and acquire things um, as opposed to going through the experience of having a child? You know, you know I think when you, when you want to be simple and you want to honour the, 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 the situation, it is just being there in whatever shape or form your role dictates. You know, and that role will be communicated between yourself and your partner. What is it that you want me to do? So you, and how are you, you, know, how are you, how are you going to see me show that, show that up? Because I think that's the that's the most important piece. Yeah, and you'll have people from all angles of life telling you what you need to do, what you should do, reading books about it. So you yeah. have all this information. Do we allow the baby to come into our bed at night? Like so all these little things start to play at you, and you question if you're doing the right thing. So if you try, I think your communication already sounds like it's the perfect start because you're talking about it and sort of maybe filtering out. Obviously, you take advice from people. Yeah, have, but yeah. you kind of then just go with the flow of it, and whatever you do is kind of you just got to trust in yourself that you've yeah, done I mean, the right thing. Don't being told, just go with that instinct a mm. fair bit. My, my toughest one was that my daughter wasn't planned. Yeah, um, and you know, I think I'm probably the only one in this room that's that's been there. Um, I'm not the only one in society, um, which is why I do take up it's about the word mistake. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you know, the the, the initial. Uh, shock and finding out and I was in the middle of um, climbing the corporate ladder I, I was in the middle of a massive property development at the same time and straight away you went to the point of well fuck how do I provide when I've committed myself in so many different ways can I be the best version of myself in that relationship when it hasn't been planned for 
you know, I wanted to provide more for my family than what my dad did. That's, you know, but then, you know, life taught me, was that such a bad thing? Um, and that's where, where it comes from for me. So, okay, well, fine, I can take more from my family than what I give them any credit for. Um, and, and that's the, the real issue is that I did go down that path and I was thrust down that path. And it was, you know, up until the moment Jacqueline was born, it was the probably the, the most scariest part of my life to that point. It was nine months worth of, I would honestly turn it around. So, yeah, the, the mental the mental trauma I put myself through uh, because it didn't tick the box that I had the vision that I wanted uh, was tragic. And I think in a large part that set me up for um, the failed relationship that post that, that came post that. Um, you know, I still value my daughter post that, but the, the you know, postnatal depression, uh, I didn't have that, but I, I did have some issues that came of that. Um, which didn't uh, didn't allow that relationship to go for, for longer than a year post that, and then became a single dad for twelve years. So, fear is real, um, and it permeates itself through a lot of ways. And the biggest thing that I learned from that is that you need to speak about these things. Yeah. Uh, ideally, with a listing and concerning partner, um, at worst, somebody, um, because we are who we are. Well, that that's basically my my question to everyone. Uh, what is or was your biggest fear in becoming a father? You know, I'll, I'll start us off and uh, my biggest fear was that uh, my relationship with my wife uh, will change because uh, Ashby and I, like before we met, I had no understanding of being able to love someone more than myself or put someone uh, uh, first before myself. You know, obviously that's going to happen again once we have children. Um, and that's what she's taught me so I didn't want our relationship to change and it's taken me a while and it's only in probably the last month or so that I've really understood that uh, if I don't want it to change then I'm the only one with the I'm the gatekeeper of the keys same as Ashby where we are the people that can either allow it to change or, or not allow it to change uh, and that's something that we've sort of communicated too because I know that's been a major fear of Ashby as well. Uh, and that's probably one of the biggest things that I've had to grapple with because, uh, you know, we love, not that we love our life so much now, but we love our relationship where, where it is at. And that's one thing that we sort of fear. It will change. Yeah, yeah, it will. It's, it's meant to. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. It has to. It has to change. And, and, I'll, and I'll challenge your definition of what you understand as unconditional love right now. Yeah. Um, because I don't believe I, I don't believe unconditional love exists in, in its purity between adults as it does between a parent and a child. Hmm. Which I don't know that yet. That same yeah. that same thought process um, came into my mind. Having having William, having our second, because I've then had this daughter. I've had her for a few years, Olivia, and I'm like, how could I possibly love another, you know, child coming in as much as I love this one? And then you sort yeah. of, you know, you go through those phases, and, and it's the same. It, it's you're right. I agree with you on the unconditional. Like, you, there's more of a decision made with your partner, but with the with the child, it's biologically a child. Like, yeah. you know, and there's a... You just love the first one just a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But that's something... Sorry, that's why I stopped at one. <laughs> that's something I get to learn in the next sort of yeah. six weeks, yeah. uh, which I'm very excited about. Oh, it's just... Yeah, you... Yeah. The mind just is blown. It's like, and when she's born, did I pick a girl on that, on that pole? The sweep, I don't oh, know. Oh, man. 
Good luck. Yes, we're running a poll for <laughs> <laughs> date of birth and if you'd like to get involved so, and sex. Well, if anyone wants, oh, this would probably be too late anyway. Anyway, uh, fears. Uh, Justin, you don't have children. We've yes. thought about it. Talk, talk to me about we, it. We've talked about it um, quite a few times, um, which is interesting. Uh, for us, has been interesting. My wife is uh, a couple years older than me. Um, so what's put a little bit of tension sometimes in the relationship has been my ambition versus her desire and fear of her body clock. Um, so she's now 32 and I'm 29, which is about to turn 32, uh, 31. But anyway, the point is that she's very scared of the body clock situation and I guess we've had a pretty good life and we've wanted to do stuff for us and it's a little bit selfish and so there's that battle between um kind of getting certain things out of the system and the fear of like as bad as it sounds the uh not uh, the Fine discomfort of having a child like all the constraints that kind of can come with that and the flip side is is kind of like what you're talking about a little bit as well is like well it depends on how you flip it it doesn't have to be a constraint um it doesn't have to be a hindrance in having a child so um my personal biggest fear is, um, you know, have I, I guess, have I achieved what I wanted to achieve to this point? Again, similar back to that, it's weird. I guess it's maybe human nature that, or maybe it's males, that we kind of want to give our children better than what we had. So that's been a lot of my driver. My ambition has come from, like, we didn't grow up that amazing either. And so, like... Am I financially secure? Have I ticked off what I wanted to tick off? <coughs> Which some of them are bullshit. So look, there's some of our fears, but we've come to like, yep, we're gonna, so within the year, um, within this year, we're gonna be trying, so. Okay. Um, yeah. Is there fear there that, you know, cause it may take three years, four years, five years, so however long, or is that not even a fear that you're thinking about? It's just gonna. Uh, to me, that's not really a fear, I feel like, for my wife, that's probably more fear. Um, She's got the, the ticking. Yeah, <laughs> for me, I, I'm not that fearful of that. I'm not even fearful of the relationship changing because, like, even when we got married, like, my wife was like, oh, it's going to be different. I'm like, no, it's fucking not. Like, and even if it is, like, as you said, I'm going through some big decisions at the moment and you make of it what you make of it through communication. Um, and I think I've uh, been a been aware and I'm okay with that um, we communicate fairly well as well so yeah I think for me over the last few years it's really just been the conflict between ambition and commitment to be brutally honest but getting closer to but you probably shouldn't attach the ambition to if you have a kid the ambition stops no I know yeah no, that's yeah. a challenge like I say well, having a third talking about where you'd be like to be for having financially yeah, and okay. you know yeah, I want to make sure that they feel comfortable yeah, like yeah. bringing the, the child. Good luck. Exactly, there's never a right time. Yeah, there's really, never a right time. And that's where we've come come to as well. Like, yeah. Yeah, and that's where the stress right of those, the, 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 the people that I've... My sister struggled to have or conceive their first child and went to birthing, uh, birth helping people and all that naturopathy. And it's when she threw all of that stuff out and just gave up the planning side that it happened. Um, and so sometimes the contrived nature of trying to dictate when that exactly happens causes the body to, to, to reject that anyway. Our friend tried for 10 years. She was 42 
and then they finally came to the real uh, they they accepted that they weren't going to have a child went to india for six weeks relaxed had a holiday bang pregnant mm. it's quite common people to get on 10 years particularly in India mate it's a very populated place on the planet yeah. <laughs> to all our Indian friends out there it's yeah. the Kama Sutra side of it what about you Matt third one on the way yeah yep. look well the biggest like challenge Matt and daddy yeah <laughs> well for starters in our current Matty sort of society care. and culture most people are only having one or two yeah um, it's a lot less common to then have three or more and my biggest conflict is is time so still having a lot of ambition, uh, a lot of that ambition is driven towards wanting to provide, um, obviously for the family, but also wanting to be, you know, a father that's in their lives and, and doing, you know, a lot with them. So as you add an additional child on, and I'm looking at, you know, three shortly, uh, that that's the biggest difficulty. Um, have I got truly the time to do both? The answer is yes, I do. It's just how I, you know, how disciplined I am. Um, how what perspective I take and starting to really break down like what does quality versus quantity time look like um, how present am I in certain situations and I think you sort of ask the question is there anything I do differently and a third one in no other than just maybe take a little bit more time to try and be more present but I can't say that that was that's just a reflection point anyway. I can't say that I wasn't at the, uh, through both of those experiences. And the, yeah, the, it's, the birth is one thing. It's not that, I mean, we had two, Tash had two emergency seizures. Um, so that's, they weren't exactly- um, You're writing a book on a third? Yeah, well, <laughs> well it, won't be, it won't be emergency, it'll be planned. It'll, yeah. it's, it has to be. Um, so they weren't, they were still amazing experiences, but they were, they were stressful experiences. And, and to come back to your point, Jacob, it was, um, you know one of the first times where you really can't control anything and you've just got to stand there and do nothing which is almost worse as men and i think if we come back to a lot of topics we've discussed over the last few weeks this physicality and masculinity if we're we've got all this adrenaline pumping but we're literally standing still like we, we've got no way of like pushing that through you know what i mean we've got no movement or something to a way to be but um, it, for me, it's more after the after the birth and and longer term, um, yeah. Just just being the best person I can be. Yeah, I've got a few big uh, lessons to learn in the next three weeks. <laughs> with, get some uh, kettlebells for the hospital. <laughs> can can anyone touch on the emotional roller coaster that they went through in the first four months of finding out? Did you? Did you have those what the fuck moments or oh, did you have God those? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, I'm still doing it now with the third. <laughs> so, yeah. Because yeah. like when I initially started going through them, I was like, oh, geez, am I the only person that will be going through this? Yeah. No, you're exactly right. It becomes very natural. Yeah. But then you'll have the moments. So, I remember Emma was sitting in the sunlight as a little baby. Yeah. Like she had a little bit of jaundice, so we had to put her in the sunlight. So, vampire or something like that too yeah she was a milkman's kid had a bit of color <laughs> but um just suddenly you just find yourself like just yeah. staring going oh it's the wonder of it and sort of more the first four months of the pregnancy rather than oh, the birth because yeah, i think once the birth comes it's a whole different oh, it story like, but tragic oh, for me it was tragic yeah exactly because i think like it's an emotional roller coaster and and men undervalue that the emotional change that you actually go through in that first four and a half months and because no one actually speaks to you about the pregnancy or how you're feeling it's quite difficult to process those emotions if you if, if you're not talking to your partner or if you're not talking well, you to don't someone. talk to anyone right typically yeah. you're 
hide it for yeah. the first yeah. at least eight to ten, yeah. mostly twelve plus, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I can talk about it. Oh, hang on. But we've, <laughs> but, we've all talked about, and so have I. I mean, and I came across this quote post being a father, um, which is quite an interesting one because pre being a father and you know stepping into what my greatest fear was was it was about adequacy and being inadequate right? and then you come across that Marianne Williamson quote where it says our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure so when you look at the flip side of that opportunity you know the the, the fear of inadequacy is the easiest thing to see okay but then there's the opportunity to show up um and that's and that's where the real fear is will I show up um you can show up. I mean, the fact that you've been blessed with a child, you know, is one of the miracles that nature's blessed upon every human being. It's not not a guaranteed certainty. So I believe if you're able to produce a child, you're able to step into that greatness and be able to father that child. Um, you know, and the work I've done on myself post Jacqueline's birth, um, you know, the first four years is the most important. That's when all the programming's done. You know, psych- psychologists will tell you that. So how you choose to show up is very important in those four years not in the nine months prior leading up. Mm. Um, and, you know, so when I look at myself and I rate myself on a scorecard, I believe I showed up. Could I have showed up better? Yeah, everything can happen better. But, but you, can't, were, like, you can't put yourself down or sort of no, but re- you, regret. You, you can't have regrets, but you can learn because through learning, you're going to be able to then then pass, you can, on can, yeah. pass on knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, but, you know, if I, if I was, was audacious enough to say that, you know, I was a fucking amazing dad, um, then... You know what? What are you learning? You're not. Um, so there are things you do differently, and you know, it's a blessing in disguise for me because I was a workaholic. And I mean, at times, you know, when you love your job, that's that's a, that's a problem, and you'll have this. Um, and so, the challenge for you then is to understand that doing your job isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, and you need to deal with that time away from the family and time away from your child, and acknowledges. Yeah, well, that's your role at the moment. The fact that you love doing it and you'll say yes to most jobs is okay. Through communication with your partner, you'll say, well, find your mind, you know, this is what my schedule's looking like. Is that okay with you? Or, do you, do you, or is, it, is it not? Do you need more time from me? You know, they're the things you probably need to do. They're the things I didn't do a lot of. I just went straight into hypervigilant dad mode as my dad was working two jobs and all that type of stuff. That was my role model. And I just fell, fell into those shoes. And then that opened up all the other cracks. So... Again, our greatest fear is not that we're inadequate. You're completely adequate. Um, our greatest, our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And I think if you can sit and reflect on that, um, yeah, the whole quote if you need to, but even those two sentences, and just see how that sits with you. To me, that's a really liberating space to be because every single one of us went around here apart from just to went into a space of inadequacy. And I, and I think if we do that, we are selling ourselves short. What about the physical aspect? Because obviously there's a massive physical change from Ash's side, obviously, during the pregnancy. The body changes fairly considerably. Um, How how have you been with that? I mean... To be honest, it hasn't bothered me a whole heap. Um, This is going to sound so corny, but like, I'm more attracted to Ash's personality and mine than probably uh, her body. Yeah, I know that sounds kind of a bit weird, but uh, you know, even though she is pregnant, uh, I've tried to see the you know the sexy side of her being pregnant or the beautiful side of her being pregnant, um, and 
there's something that she's needed throughout the pregnancy is to be reaffirmed because obviously mm. being pregnant and so so what was, what's your love language well it used is to it touch? yes yeah yeah so it used to be affirmation but it's really gone away from that and it's gone pro- pretty much primarily to touch yeah. and um but as a female who looks after herself goes to the gym that sort of thing her body changing has been a massive roller coaster ride for her and me affirming her in you know comments of you're beautiful um you still are sexy to me you still turn me on etc uh it's almost like you comes back around onto you and you're like you believe that even though even that i do uh, but it's funny how that sort of that positive language and that positive talk has really benefited both of us because it's helped her with her confidence of her changing body yeah. um, because that's something that she was probably as well very worried about. Um, and then it's helped me still being in touch with uh, her sexually, uh, you know, emotionally. Yeah. Because then the birth itself is another physical aspect that is quite confronting. Yeah. Because you don't you don't usually see your partner in in that well you never see your partner in that situation of kind of pain and exposed and I said people around you like doctors mm. nurses it's a really bizarre place. Looking back, it probably seems more bizarre than it actually was at the time, but um, that's the next sort of stage. And then leaving the hospital. Well, anyway, anyway. Uh, go Justin. Uh, just quickly, like um, the the workaholism component or the the work piece and the time piece because uh, I know that's a common one. Maybe it's more. It's probably two questions. Have you considered like that, and uh, and I guess like uh, is it was it like for you, Conrad? Because I even feel that in small dosages, even with just my team, obviously it's not a kid, but like feeling guilty of uh, you know going in one way or the other. Like, did you feel a lot of guilt, and how did you overcome that? Have you considered it, Hato? Because like you work hard as well. Do you want to go first, Conrad? I, I don't. <clears throat> I, I I don't I didn't feel guilt. Um, I felt more. It's you know I've dealt with guilt fairly early in life, so I don't believe guilt was the issue. the The real issue for me was I was focused on what I was trying to provide for my family above and beyond even acknowledging the inadequacies that were showing up in the relationship. Thinking that if I earned more and provided more, that would disappear. Yeah. Um, because again, being thrown into you know, an unplanned pregnancy. <clears throat> you know, Jacqueline wasn't conceived in, a, in an unloving relationship. Um, so every, there, there was boxes ticked, but I went straight to, and, and you do, you just go straight to the role model. Yeah, yeah. My role model was my father. Yeah. My father, for a large part of my life, worked two jobs. Just work. I never saw him. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe more for, uh, Matt, have you battled with this, with the guilt between that, that torn between and like... I, I do. Um, guilt, like I'm just trying to because I th- I feel like I'm asking for me because you know with the fear piece that's what I've touched on too I guess which is the time. You do I, I do so I do feel guilt uh, and I feel guilt probably you know if I honestly wherever I am in a sense so um, I I'll always be no, but I'll always I'll always prioritize and whatever I believe is the most important and the most important place to be I'm there like I don't I get to pretty much anything um, that I consider important at school but I'm always like oh the officers going on there so I'm always I guess I'm always 
having to prioritize at a high level. I don't necessarily sit there and ever feel any deep guilt, but it's always like, oh, okay. And it's it's a good it's good to come back to because like, all right, let's say it's Saturday and there's a chance to go and grab a bit of a coffee and see the kids play on a playground and then head off to swimming. All right, am I going to work this Saturday? Maybe, as long as it's important enough. Um, so you've got these sort of but it's communication, right? and, and, and then, then it's communication. Work, you've got to communicate it with the missus. Yeah, that, and, that's what you're doing, and, yeah. and why you're doing it. What but you're... also to yourself. Yeah, for sure. Because you, you, you've yeah. got to reconcile within yourself first. Yeah. That's what I say. I don't feel guilt because I knew why I was doing it. What I missed was communicating back to my partner. Yeah, yeah. I've I've knowingly made the decision to put my family first in the next four or five years. But saying that. I'll do what I need to do. Well, that's it because you've got to provide too. Yeah. So you can't sometimes yeah, yeah. sometimes me not hanging yeah. out with them is actually putting them yeah, first, yeah, that's yeah. and that's yeah. that's a conflict. That's a really but it's how, but it's how that's communicated. Yeah. Right? yeah. So ask me in two years whether if I've done that well or not. I'm not sure, but that's I've consciously made that decision that I will sacrifice some of my progress within business to put my family first. But I will do what I need to do to provide for them. But I don't know whether you can. I mean, it's, it's it, funny, right? Because it, it talks about here guilt being uh, guilt is defined as a deep feeling of remorse for for an act which we may or may not have occurred in the past. If or guilt becomes a past experience which is renewed in the present moment, and that is wrong. Yeah. All right. Because then you bring it. You're 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 attaching to your past. Because everything, I, as much as I might have, might have assessed and judged my father for certain things he's done in his life, I've come back to the realization now in my in my adulthood. That everything was purposeful and everything was fine. It's just I didn't communicate it, which is what I needed to do to get better. So if you need to work seven days for the next three years of your life, provided that ticks the box with the missus, she knows why you're doing it and she agrees with that, then great. If she doesn't, then that's okay. You agree on other terms. If she doesn't if agree and you don't agree with it, then you've got a different problem. Because that was where it creates a really paradox of like family first might be working seven days a week. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah. Right present. So it's, yeah. like, it's a weird paradox, which is why I ask. It's like, so it's, it's really communicating what we really value. Well, yeah, in, in closing, like the reason I brought this topic to the table because I felt communication was the biggest driving factor that allowed me to get through the first nine months, whether if that... Yeah, it will help in the next nine months. I think it will. Because, well, Ashby's parents and how she brought, was brought up yeah. and the way your parents and you yeah. were brought up were very different. Exactly. Anyway, that's it for this episode. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, then be sure to leave a review for the show and tell us what you think. Or even if you're not. Yeah. Just jump over there. That, <laughs> Just all, do it. We're also on Spotify and YouTube at which, yeah, at which case leave a comment, a like. Don't leave a dislike. <laughs> uh, or okay. even subscribe Stop to the why. channel. Uh, we appreciate any support that you have for the show. And remember, make sure you put in the uh, comments, Travis is your favourite ho- favorite host. $35 <laughs> notes are not coins, coins have it. Hopefully we've uh, stimulated your need to communicate with someone close to you. That's definitely why well, moisten your I'm in on this. Absolutely. Thank you and <laughs> <laughs> bye for now. See ya. Ciao. Bye.